scores! Gilmore scores! With one three left! Off the glass, it looks corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three rounds, another shot. He scores! The Flames win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts! Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. Okay, let's get at it. It is Friday, already Friday. It's January 5th, and happy Friday. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk. It's Steinberg, and look who's back this week. Wes Gilbertson with his first appearance on the program this week. Casual Friday. It is casual Friday. I like it. Uh, Steinberg Gilbertson, and welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors. Uh, We're here in our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, and we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Thursday, a third straight win for the Flames. 6-3 is your final score in Nashville. Playing some pretty good hockey right now. That's uh, three straight wins. Um, believe they're now three zero and two, or three two and two in their last uh, seven, or whatever it is. Or they're having a good stretch. yeah, six two and two in their last ten is the one that I've kind of latched on to. But yeah, however you I don't you believe sorta... three two and two is, is correct, or three zero and two is correct. That is not correct. They're three two and zero in their last five. That's that's how the actual record is. So I don't know what I was thinking there. Ah, you're all around it, buddy numbers they're close yeah, my point the, the point i was trying to make is that they've won their last three and the two that they've lost they actually played pretty well in is the point i was trying to make well while doing it poorly because the seattle game the la game those are the last two losses for the team played pretty well in those two games now they've won three in a row really liked them against philly liked them for most of the game against minnesota and i thought that was a pretty complete start to finish game against nashville on thursday so now here they are 38 games into the season Almost midway through the season. They are right up upon the midway mark. Um, And they're back above 500 for the first time since October. And they're a point out of a playoff spot as we're having this conversation on Friday. And they're still sticking around. They're hanging tight. They did not wave the white flag. And after a, a really, really difficult start to the season, they've worked their way back to a little closer to respectability. Yeah. And, and that over 500, I know it's easy to sort of dismiss, but I think that's actually a, a, a very notable achievement for a team that was at one point two seven and one. This this team has really scratched and scraped their way back to that 500 market. And then to finally get above it last night to get over the hump, as Blake Coleman put it postgame, I, I know the goal is not to be a 500 team. I, I know that you you never say, hey, if we could be one game over 500, yeah. how good would that be? But at this point in the season for a, a team that started as dreadfully as they did, I think it's worth noting. I, I do think it's something that they can, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a feather in the cap for the work that they put in over the past couple months. Like, I don't think uh, on, on the 500 front, I don't think that you uh, celebrate being over 500 because if you want to be a playoff team, you have to be over 500. Right. But I do think that it was a goal. It was it was a, a signpost for them to hit, and they came close and failed a few times and then finally got over it. So in that, in that respect, I think being able to accomplish a goal, I think that's important. And... Now they just need to make sure they don't fall back below 500 and and put themselves in a spot where they have to climb themselves back out of a hole because you do that a few too many more times and it's just the hole's going to be too deep and and you're not going to be able to climb out of it right so this is this is now okay you've got yourself back to a little bit uh, a little bit above just treading water and now you got to start building on that and and working your way up a little higher yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. You know, you you call it a signpost. 500, if, if you want to be a playoff team, and I always make this distinction, the players do not determine rebuild or no rebuild. They're not deciding the future direction. The players, the guys in the locker room, want to be a playoff team. And if you want to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs, then 500 is sort of base camp. That's where the climb has to start. Yep. But getting back to their in what looked three weeks into the season like it might be a total write-off, it's not nothing. Agreed. 
Yep, and they've played some really good hockey here over the last last few weeks, especially it dipped. It dipped for the first little half of December, but it started to pick itself back up. And, and last couple of weeks, I've, I've really liked the way they've played. And, and through a stretch that we all thought was going to be their undoing, right? Remember the conversations we had leading into the Christmas break about what their schedule looked like. There was that 12 or 15 game stretch that we were looking at going, oh, geez, look, yeah. they play Colorado twice. They play... Vegas twice. We could go through all the teams. I think Dallas was in there twice. Well, they came through it looking pretty good. Yeah, they uh, they were able to tread water. They yeah. were able to finish just above the 500 mark. Um, I think it was 7-6-2 and two over that 15-game stretch. So we're able to to survive it. And now here they are. And you know, it's, it's funny. By the way, we're underway on Flames Talk. A little bit later on this hour, Daily Flames Roundtable. Also later on this hour... About uh, 10 minutes or so, we'll hear from, oh, some guy named Jerome Ginla is going to join us. Uh, Rings a bell. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into, we'll talk about something. No, Jerome Ginla is going to join us in about 10 minutes' time and lots to dive into with Jerome. Always, when you've got an opportunity to have Jerome on, you're, you're going to give that the check mark. But, you know, I want to talk about a guy that Jerome knows quite well, former uh, teammate of his, and a guy that, well, I don't just want to talk about it. I want to talk about it because... Wes just finished writing about it, and I know that you put uh, a good chunk of time, you know, just to pull the curtain back, you know Wes is working on something when over a couple weeks span, he takes guys to the side after a scrum and says, I just want to ask you one more about, and then it's about the same thing. You're like, oh, Wes is working on something. And that thing uh, over the last couple of weeks has been about Ryan Huska. And and I, I as, as he approaches midway through his first NHL season as a head coach, I just... I, I give him uh, I give him a lot of credit and uh, a big time tip of the hat in terms of the job that he's been able to do because the one thing that I would take away from 38 games and approaching halfway through his first season and halfway through this season is the one thing that we keep on going back to. Uh, we keep going back to how hard these guys work. We keep going back to how they sell out the block shots, their high compete level. And the execution is not always perfect. And there are nights when they're just talent-wise not at the same level as the other team, and that is going to continue to be the case. But, yes, it's been far from perfect, and, yes, there have been things that he would admit, like, yeah, I wish I could have done that better, or I wish this was in a better spot. But he's got buy-in. They're playing consistently. And I, uh, I think you know what to expect from this group now on every single night. And I, I give Ryan Huska a, a big a big amount of credit for being able to get that buy-in as a first-time NHL coach when there were some questions about how he was going to be able to do it and was the message going to be too similar as to the, the last coach and because he was on Daryl Sutter's staff, was he going to be able to, to get the buy-in that you need? I, I think he has. I think that's one of the things that you can see with your own eyes. And I know that you've asked them some of these, some of the most important players on this team about it and have come up with uh, a lot of the same conclusions. Yeah. And that, that's sort of where I started because I, I I'm with you. I I've been very impressed by his work. And you know, the one thing I, I guess I got to thinking about Ryan Huska is because of his sort of composure and the way he carries himself, you know, he, he comes across as pretty low key to me, pretty even low profile. And it's hard to get a read on those guys, right? You don't, you don't see the shouting outburst. You don't get the gloating after a, a good decision. You don't, right. You don't get any of that. And, and please, I'm not referring to any past coaches at this point, but you, it's hard to get a read on exactly maybe what Ryan Huska has brought behind the scenes. And that's why I started asking the players, uh, you know, Elias Lindholm, mentioned that there's a lot of positive vibes in the room with Huska, that that it's all about making the players feel good. I, I chatted with Captain Michael Backlund, who said, geez, we got off to a, a really rocky start. And I'm sure he was stressed out because I, as a first-time captain, and I'm paraphrasing here, was was stressed out. But he, the word he used was stable or stability. You know, he he's provided a lot of stability in this room. And just, you know, as you make the rounds, whether you talk to... Blake Coleman, or or you talk to Nazem Kadri, or earlier this week I talked to General Manager Craig Conrad. Like they rave about the way that 
Ryan Huskas pulled this group together. They rave about the way that he's communicating. Connor Zary talked about the way that he's been able to connect with young players. Like yeah. I think, and and there's a much longer synopsis of this on the post media websites, the Calgary Herald and Calgary Sun. But I think Ryan Huska deserves a huge chunk of credit for this team now being over 500. I think this thing could have gone sideways really early. Well, and, and that's a big part of it is that he was frustrated through October, and and I bet you. There were stretches where he's like, "Oh my goodness! Like, uh, what, what's, what's going on? Like, am I? I, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I've, I have not asked him this, but you know, you wonder if part of it's like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? Like, am I ready for this? And or, or is, is my approach? Is it not working? But throughout even that, you, you got the sense that you know one of the things that I took away from, I don't know if it was his introductory news conference or the interview he did with us right after that, or, or maybe if it was a little closer to the start of the season. But one of the things that I remember him saying was that unlike, and then w- without throwing shade at Daryl Sutter, cause Ryan Huska will be the first to tell you that he learned an immense amount from, from Daryl, but his big thing that was going to be different is that the message was going to be consistent. And that doesn't mean that you don't come down hard on guys when you need to. doesn't mean you don't speak with ice time, but it wasn't going to be a, a changing message thing. And, and you weren't going to have those kind of the, the, to put it, to put it fairly bluntly, you weren't going to have those mind games. Right. It wasn't going to be like one day or you're, you're happy one day or upset. And you know what? That approach has worked extremely well for Daryl throughout his Hall of Fame coaching career. But the one that's that's just not who Ryan is. He goes about his business differently. And so the thing that he was going to change is that things are going well. It's going to be the same message and the same approach, even if things are going poorly. And I think when you have a really negative start, when the noise is as loud as it was through October, I think that's something that can really help and and maybe prevent a snowball from getting away on you. And, and I think that's a, a really important part of, of what we've seen so far. Well, and when you talk about that consistency, all I can think of is how many times did you and I, during that six-game losing skid, hear from Ryan Huska, it's a new day. It's a new day. It was never about, we, we got to get out of this skid, and oh man, this is really, to use your word, snowballing on us. This is, this is totally going off the rails. It was always, nope, new day, reset, and and that has there's been a real consistency in that part to it but i i think that consistency made all the difference at the start of the season and craig conroy kind of said that to me i'm going to read a quick quote from yeah. from craig because i think this really can you do it in his voice sums it up no i'm not going to yeah, try yeah you know what he says, it's kind of like as a player when you look at the goalie if they're nervous and uptight and not comfortable as a player you get a little uh-oh He's the head of the whole thing, so you have to be composed and be in a good mind frame, and that's in good and bad. It's easy when things are going well to be positive. It's easy when you're winning. It's how you handle the adversity and the emotions when it's not good. That's the key, and that's where he's done a really great job. That tells me a lot. That's Craig Conroy speaking about Ryan Huska, and that's high praise. Yeah. And yet I think when you look back to the start of the season and you even look at some other points where it could have maybe started to go sideways. I think to not long ago on back-to-back nights, you led a lead off the hook against the Colorado Avalanche and, and the Vegas Golden Knights. That that can really start to kind of eat away at a team. And I think Ryan Huska has done such a great job of keeping this group on track. And yes, it's a veteran group. There's a lot of really proud pros. There's a lot of really good leaders, I think, in that locker room. That's something we hear so much about, but... I'm not sure Ryan Huska has been getting enough credit for yeah. what he's brought so far. And now, because I I agree, I, I've I've it's one of the things that that I've been impressed with throughout, and you know, we've talked a lot about that uh, at different times on on different hours of Flames Talk, and and one of the things I've talked to a number of callers about on Flames Talk post game, like I I really I'm impressed with the way this group is bought in and the way that they have you know, really responded, I think, to a new coach and different methods. And, you know, you, you don't you don't always get the type of work ethic and, and work rate that you're getting right now from this Flames team. And it's kind of to a man. You've got guys that maybe aren't used to blocking shots who are blocking shots and doing it. You know, Jonathan Huberto's doing it. And I just, I yeah. do think there's been a really good buy-in. And that's not 
always an easy thing to get, especially as a younger first-time head coach. We do, we always talk about how hard it is to make the transition from assistant to head coach in the same market because you know some of the players think of you as just an assistant coach and. You know, you mentioned earlier that must have been tough, that start on on Ryan Huska. You know, you're thinking, geez, what have I got myself into? You're also, I think, thinking about colleagues that you've had, right? Glenn Gullitson never got another opportunity to be a head coach. He got two of them, but now he's a guy who's been pegged as a a sort of lifetime assistant. Jeff Ward's never going to get another opportunity to be a head coach in the NHL. There were all these guys who paid their dues and Ryan Huska has so much respect for that part of it. And then he watched whether it was as an assistant on their staff, whether it was in, you know, as the head coach, of the affiliate, he watched those guys never get another chance. Yeah. And while I don't think he thought he was getting fired three weeks into the season, you have to be thinking to yourself, geez, if this goes poorly, this opportunity that I worked for years and years to get could be gone. Just like, yeah, just like that, snap of a finger, right? Yep. Hey, but, good on him. Yeah, the consistency is impressive. The one thing, and and I know we gotta go to Jerome here in a second. The one thing is, I don't feel like there's a lot of guys, and this goes back to that everyday approach. I don't think there's a lot of guys who feel like they're in Ryan Huska's doghouse, right? Jonathan Huberto sits for a period, right back kind of to normal the next game. Andrew Mangiapane gets sat for most of a first period after taking two lazy penalties kind of right back to normal like yep. this coach is giving you a chance to redeem yourself and i think that is part of the consistent approach as well and the the next interesting benchmark or or test or evaluation phase whatever you want curious to see how it looks when some of these other players maybe aren't here anymore a hannafin or a lindholm or a tanev or somebody else multiple else's get moved out and maybe your roster takes a little bit of a hit. Curious to see the coaching job then, which will be another part of determining what Ryan Huska is as head coach of this team. Right, because it, it, that's where it gets tough. Connor Zary and Martin Pospisil have showed that they're ready to be NHLers. And so I think Ryan Huska deserves a ton of credit for the faith that he's shown in them. But it's a little bit easier to show that faith because they look like they're ready, Right. Suddenly, Ilya Solovyov stopped playing. The coach had more faith in Nick DeSimone and, and in Jordan Osterley. Well, Ryan Husk is going to end up with some guys towards the end of this year who might not be ready. Yep. And that's the next challenge for him. It is Pat and Wes along with you on this hour of Flames Talk. It's uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And it is time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. It's that time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. And I dare say at Calgary Co-op, you can go into the uh, frozen aisle and pick yourself up a delicious Giuseppe pizza from Dr. Utker. And I, I say that because we we welcome in our next guest, who just happens to be the former captain of the Calgary Flames, uh, who just happens to be the special advisor to the general manager of the Calgary Flames. We say hello to Jerome Aginla on the program, and Jerome has partnered up with Giuseppe Pizzeria for a second straight year to give one minor hockey team in Western Canada the experience of a lifetime. So applications are open until January 10th, which is this coming Wednesday, to nominate a minor hockey team in Alberta, the winning team is going to get a chance to practice with Jerome. He's going to throw an epic pizza party for you afterwards and uh, go nominate. Get the criteria at GiuseppePracticeWithAPro.com Once again, it's GiuseppePracticeWithAPro.com Jerome joins us now and uh, Jerome, it's it's uh, it's happening. You're back for a year or two with, uh, with Giuseppe. Hey, you're doing it again. Yeah, yeah. It's great to be back. Uh, thanks for having me on and um, yeah, I think it's a great program. Uh, last year, the Bow Valley Flames won it. We went out to Ch- Chestermere. It, uh, we run a practice uh, with them, and Giuseppe's out there. We have a good time. It's a, a really neat experience. It's a, and then we have a pizza party and a hangout after, and really just talk hockey and and uh, you know hang out and, and hopefully during practice, uh, you know d- d- we go over some different things that through the years that I've worked on and stuff, but more just about having fun and and. Uh, uh, enjoying the game and, and hanging out. And, and I think it's a, a great contest. So it's, uh, yeah, year two. And and the contest is, uh, you know, we're looking for, for great teammates and, and teams that, uh, 
um, right, you know, the deadline's January 10th, but the contest is you can nominate your team uh, in your community for great teammates. What you and, and tell us why. Tell us why your uh, your team deserves to win and what what things you're doing around. And, and last year, the Bow Valley Flames did a ton of community work and 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 were good teammates, and they won the the contest. But excited to get a chance to do it again this year. And the uh, website, as uh, Jerome mentioned, January 10th is the deadline for applications. The website is GiuseppePracticeWithAPro.com, and you can go get your entries in right now. They're looking for for applications, and uh, hopefully a minor hockey league team here in Alberta can uh, do it with Jerome for year two. So you you had a lot of fun doing it last year, hey? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we went out to uh, Chesamere there, and um, you know, it's it's uh, like I say, we have a practice. They do up the rink and and uh, uh, the pizza party and that theme, but it's it's really just about having fun and and uh, uh, share some stories. And and if the 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 team has any questions, and the guys and they do, they have some different <laughs> questions, and, and uh, it's fun. And uh, um, so yeah, yeah, it's really good, and I really like the idea of it too, and, and being involved in the community and. And, um, you know, and just talk about what, you know, teams and what, and I love hockey, you know, for the competition, for the sport of it, but also that camaraderie and, and, you know, the number of guys that it has on a team, I think is a, a great number. You know, it's not one, you're not alone. It's not two or three. You have to get along with so many different personalities and, and, uh, support each other and, and you learn and grow. And, and some of my best friends are, are guys I played minor hockey with. So I, I really thought this was a great fit and I really liked the program that they do. Well, that's awesome, and we'll uh, we'll make sure to uh, reset at the end and uh, give uh, one more push to go get those uh, applications in. The deadline is Wednesday, January tenth, so less than a week away. And uh, it's funny you talk about you uh, you know you watch a lot of hockey. You're you're about uh, as entrenched in hockey as anybody. You're special advisor to the GM here with the Flames. You're still coaching RHA in Kelowna at the Rink Academy for your final year there. Uh, you're you're out watching your daughter out east. Like you're a it's it's hockey twenty four seven for Jerome these days, isn't it? Oh, it really is. Yeah, and and I, and I like it. Yeah, it's 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 a ton of fun. It's definitely a passion. And uh, um, yeah, it, it, you know, at home it's it's hockey's on all the time. And it, it, it was with our kids, but now I have more of an excuse if my wife comes in. And she's <laughs> like, Jerome, can you? I'm, like, I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> you know. Now, I, so it's it's. Uh, it's been good, but yeah, it's, it's also been uh, a good learning experience and working with uh, Connie and, and uh, trying to help out, you know, where, where he needs me or wants me and uh, uh, just different ideas and, um, you know, be kind of like a sounding board and, and watch young guys, watch prospects and just kind of just uh, keep learning. And as the game is, it's, it's, it's neat to see all the, uh, uh, as a player, you you have an idea, but you know, getting to be behind the scenes and see all the stuff that goes on and how much in different hockey minds and different things that they look at, and uh, it's it's been eye opening and and good, and uh, I look forward to uh, I'm enjoying enjoying it and uh, look forward to more. Is, has it been, uh, you know, the on on the NHL side of things? Like you've been coaching for a while, we know that. But on on the NHL side of things, has it been a a bit of a learning curve, kind of getting into all the responsibilities that uh, you need to be tackling? Yeah, there's definitely learning parts, and I, and I'm just, uh, you know, I think Connie's bringing me along. Uh, you know, it's not like a, it's the a water hose for me. You know, I get to yeah. kind of come along. Uh, it, it, and you know, not too much because I am, you know, busy coaching uh, the U18 team with Ring Kelowna, uh, and it's it's been great. I've really enjoyed that coaching, and and uh, but you know, it's it's been nice too to get to look at uh, uh, watch the team with uh, you know more of a purpose. I'm always watching, but now I watch obviously more and watch the guys, and and um, you know more so there, but also prospects and and see what the scouts see and and try to see if you you know and just another opinion on, on guys and try to follow. It's been great being in those meetings and, and hearing uh, what they're looking at and talking to the scouts and, and um, what to look for and different ideas and, and just kind of bring, try to, you know, try to bring another opinion too when it, when it's wanted and uh, it's, it's been enjoyable, but it's, it's also eye opening to see how much uh, (laughs) work Connie does have, you know, how busy uh, those guys management is and uh, especially uh, him and, uh, but I know he's uh, enjoying it, and, and uh, he's got the energy for it. 
We're chatting with Jerome Aginla, who is partnering with uh, Giuseppe Pizzeria again for practice with a pro. We'll give you those details uh, again in a couple of minutes. And, of course, also Flames special advisor to the general manager. The, so the balance with, with Rink Colonna, has, has that been, been kind of difficult to strike? How, how much of an adjustment has that been? No, no, it hasn't been. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of hockey. We, you know, the practice, we practice pretty much every day. It's probably about six days a week. And, um, but it's, it's during practice hours and, um, you know, it, it's, I go home and, and do hockey, watch hockey and, and work with the team. And it gives me ideas that can go back and forth too. So no, it's been really enjoyable. And, uh, it, what it, what it does keep me from doing is getting a chance to, to, um, you know, be more in Calgary or, uh, maybe be on the road a little bit, you know, yeah. so that keeps you, cause I am on the road a lot with uh ring Kelowna, but you know, with being able to do it online and watch and, and, you know, Instat's pretty amazing when you can pull up literally any player now and, you know, from minor hockey to, to the pros and watch them and watch their shifts and stuff. It's pretty cool. All the stuff that's available for, for the scouts. And if you want to watch hockey, you can watch it all day for sure. Yeah. How uh, just just one more on uh, on the Flames? How have you liked the way the group's uh, been playing here over the last number of weeks? Feels like they're uh, starting to get into a little bit of a groove. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, lots of great storylines there, and, and guys that are that are playing well and raising their game, and you know, Markstrom has been been amazing, and and uh, uh, coming back from his injury, you know, he was really good before that, but just uh, another level after, and. Um, yeah, and the young guys and, and Zary be able to come in and um, Sharangovich, uh, but it's really a team. You know, like uh, the Nashville win yesterday was was a great game. Like they played well, and um, now they're starting to build and get some momentum, and, and you can see their confidence growing. So it's it's really good. It's uh, it's um, you know as a, it's part of me watches as a fan, but then part of you also watches. Uh, you know, as a management side, so it's 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 fun, and it's definitely happy. You know, happy to for the for the guys and and the, the Ryan Huska. You know, you think back to um, after the outdoor game and and the vibe and the feel like, and how much stress and, and pressure the guys were under, and, and they've really just been building from there and and yeah. uh, get, and, and you, know, you can see them come together, but getting better too. Not just you can see the young guys getting a chance to play and getting better. So. It's about uh, improvements too, so it's it's been it's been nice to see, and, and I'm and happy for them. Yeah, and you're probably a little more invested now, hey? Like when you're watching games, you, you, you're you're a little bit more dialed on the actual result, I would imagine too, hey? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, watching different things, you know. Before it's kind of like you could go in and out, and definitely a lot more glued to it, and and different aspects too, and and. Uh, uh, the young guys, you know, before you're a fan to see them come in, but now you're, you know, you're really excited to see them uh, um, having success and, and uh, you know, just, just watching a little bit differently, but it's still, still similar. You know, it's not like I, um, I don't do reports every day and, and, you know, as some of them, you know, do every day and all that stuff. So it's still coming along, but um, no, it's, it's, it's been, it's been great. And it gives me, uh, when I first retired, it was really hard to watch hockey in the NHL. I loved watching minor hockey and going out there, but it was hard to watch when I first, you know, cause you're, you want to be out there and it's, it's kind of like, well, you're missing it, but it's, it's hard. And, and, uh, over the years it's gotten easier now. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, my kids actually got me back into putting it on all the time. And, and, uh, now it's, it's great. And like I say, my wife, uh, she's, she's, She's dealing with it on the TV <laughs> nightly all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, one uh, one last push, Jerome. It is the uh, Giuseppe Pizzeria. Giuseppe practice with the pro. You're looking for good teammates. You're looking for a minor hockey team to uh, get their applications in. And uh, if you're the winning minor hockey team, you get the practice with Jerome. You get the pizza party afterwards. A really cool experience. It's year two with Jerome. So just what can the uh, what can the winning team expect if a coach is listening or someone's listening is like, yeah, I got a team to nominate. What, uh, what should they be expecting? Yeah. Yeah. Nominate, nominate your, your group. And, and you even if you're not sure, and it's anything from, you know, we, re- we really love uh, being involved in the community, um, you know, from things like toy drives or food drives, but also just, just things you do together as a team. And, and, uh, 
and why uh, you know the way the teammates supported each other and things that you yeah um, just to make you know good team but good teammates and and uh, that the team had fun together and the reasons why and, and things like that so if you're not sure send them in and and uh, um, it's right across the prairies and it's it'll be a good time it, it, we had a great great group last year and we had a really good day and and uh, like I say, we, we have a good practice together. It won't be putting them through uh, <laughs> bag skates or anything like that. We'll have some fun out there on the ice and Giuseppe's there. And we'll get to have a, a pizza party after and, and we can talk hockey and, and uh, um, just enjoy the day. So um, the team last year was very well deserving. There are a lot of uh, deserving teams. And um, I think it's a, a, a great contest and, and, um, I'm, I'm happy to get the chance to do it again this year and be a part of it again. Jerome, really appreciate this, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Good luck with uh, practice with the pro, uh, practice with the pro, and uh, good luck as uh, the Flames and uh, Rink Kelowna seasons continue. Hey. Oh, thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me on. There he is. Jerome McGinley is the special advisor to the general manager of the Calgary Flames. When uh, you, you get a chance to get Jerome on, and the show's called Flames Talk, you usually. Uh, Usually hit that check mark and make that happen. I I would say it's not quite a pizza party with Jerome, but an interview with Jerome is still a pretty good, still good. If you want the pizza party with Jerome, though, the website one more time to go nominate that uh, minor hockey team uh, is GiuseppePracticeWithAPro.com. Go do it. Nominate a minor hockey team. See if Jerome will be uh, coming out practicing with you and the pizza party afterwards. Pretty cool and uh, good. Uh, good little insight as to the switch over into. Uh, into management in the NHL, and he wants to do more, and he's done coaching at the end of this year. I'm pretty sure he'll be doing more after this season. Yeah, I think uh, that's a, a good um, guess, Pat. I think that's a very good guess. I think they they brought him in for more than just see this season, I think is I, a good way of putting it. Another strong guess. So what we do here, we're just trying to make good, educated guests. Just throwing yes. spaghetti at the wall. Uh, Daily Flames Roundtable is in just seconds, but that's our look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Flames fans, meet Cal and Gary, top products curated for Calgarians, and we mean every single one of you, only available at Calgary Co-op. Visit them today. Flames Talk is live on Calgary's hockey station, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, time now for a Friday edition of the Daily Flames Roundtable. Brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The fastest-growing segment of vehicles they sell is electric. Informed buyers are coming to see. Perhaps you should discover why. Minutes from the Calgary Airport at Steinberg. Wes Gilbertson of Post Media, now the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, joins us to complete our Daily Flames Roundtable. Um, gents, we'll, we'll start here. News of the day for the Flames. They have recalled Yan Kuznetsov from the AHL's Calgary Wranglers. Of course, I think we can make the connection to Dennis Gilbert's third period injury that uh, thankfully looked a whole lot scarier than it's ended up to be seeing him out at the uh, the Rocky stairs. Uh, of course, my favorite movie, Rocky. Um, Derek, Derek, I'm still waiting for you to watch it. Uh, but uh, they were out at the, the Rocky <laughs> stairs in Philadelphia, and uh, he was he was with them. He was out and about. So good to see that Dennis Gilbert is, is a whole lot better than it looked uh, right in the aftermath of that hit. Anyway, um, that would be, by my count, the fourth first-time recall this season, along with Ilya Solovyov, Martin Pospisil, and Connor Zary. And you count Coronado, who made the team out of camp. You could even make it five. Guys, they talked about it. Uh, both Ryan Huska and Craig Conroy entered the season talking about the importance of giving young players opportunity at the NHL level. So we approach the midway mark. It's, it's hard to argue that they haven't followed through on that. Yeah, they certainly have put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. And I would say that about both Craig Conroy, the general manager, and Ryan Huska, the head coach, because I think it's important to point out that they've been on the same page this season for the most part, where it was clear last season that Brad Treleving and Daryl Sutter were not on the same page when it came to a number of young players in the organization and giving them an opportunity to prove what they could or couldn't do at the NHL level. So I think the Flames as an organization have done a great job, and I think it's one of the reasons why we're – maybe clamoring for them to go a little bit younger moving forward because when you look at the impact that primarily Connor Zeri has had this season and you know, to a lesser extent, 
Martin Pospisil, who's come up and I think played an important role as well. Uh, it's exciting to think about what uh, the future could look like for the Flames when we look at some of the other prospects that they have, uh, especially guys who are playing at the AHL level with the Calgary Wranglers right now. And at the top of that list would, of course, be uh, two-time AHL goaltender of the year and last year's league MVP and Dustin Wolf. So it's been great uh, to see Connor Zary come up and have as much success as he has. And, you know, he's admitted that he didn't expect to be this successful offensively this early in his NHL career. Ryan Huska has said the same. And, you know, even Martin Pospisil, what I like about his game is that when he's not scoring goals and producing points, and those have dried up a little bit of late, he, he still finds a way to impact most games with uh, the way he skates and his physicality. So uh, those two guys have done a great job, and I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, some other guys get an opportunity too as we move forward this season. You're absolutely right that, that Connor's area and Martin Pospisil, and, and although I know he's not a young guy, I would even add Nick DeSimone, like they've helped. I think sort of paved the way to, you know, pique the curiosity about what some of these other young guys or some of these other guys who have been with the farm club might be able to do at, at the NHL level. I am, you know, I'm curious about this latest one. Yan Kuznetsov was a second round pick in 2020. He's only 21 years old, has a hundred plus games of AHL experience already. I don't know if we see him get in or if this is just a, a few days around the big club, but I, I think any time you can give one of your young prospects this sort of reward, and, and I chatted with Trent Cull, the Wranglers coach this morning, and he said he thinks they got the right guy on on the blue line. He he believes that Jan Kuznetsov has been really solid and, and really consistent, and he was happy to see him get rewarded for that. And so... You know, it's not just necessarily about rewarding them with NHL ice time like they're doing with Connors Airy or, or Martin Pospisil. Just giving a kid like Jan Kuznetsov his first career call-up, I think that sends an important message as well. I, I think that does. I, I think, and I, I'm with you, I, I'm not as confident that we see him get into a game. I, I have no idea. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Uh, it all depends on the, the concussion protocol and how things go with Dennis Gilbert. And obviously, you want to make sure that you're covered. But I don't know. I guess I guess what I would say, guys, is it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Like, if if we're talking about him doing a solo lap on on Saturday morning, I would not be falling out of my chair. Because even, even earlier this year, when guys have come up, they haven't come up to just practice. They've come up and they've played. And again, this situation might be a little bit different, but I even think about the, the minor injury that Jacob Markstrom had. Not the, the two-week injury, but when he was you know just on the shelf for a few games, they brought in Wolf and they played him. They didn't just go Vladar. They're like, hey, Wolf's here. We're going to give him the opportunity. So if they were to do that with Kuznetsov and get him one game, um, you, know, you know what Osterley is. So if Gilbert can't go and instead you give it a try with Kuznetsov and DeSimone as a left-right third pair, like that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And honestly, I, I don't have an inkling one way or the other, but just knowing how they've gone about their business, Zeri came up, he was right in. One game later, Pospisil came up and he was right in. We didn't know at the time what the hell these guys were going to be, and there were more experienced players that could have played ahead of them, but they jumped right into the lineup. And uh, Coronado came up uh, mid-season. Got into that one game before he went down. So I guess my my point is is that not only have they said, hey, we're going to get younger, and they've recalled four guys who have never been recalled so far this year. They've also played them, guys, and 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 have allowed them to get their feet wet. Same with Solovyov. Came right in, and he's playing. So, yeah, I, I, I it's something that they talked about. It's something that fans were excited about when they heard that, and they followed through on it, and, and it's good on them. I think it is part of, I think it's one of the maybe more subtle parts of this pivot and uh, retool that we believe they're already in the process of right now. Yeah, I must admit I was a little bit surprised that Ilya Solovia wasn't the guy they called up uh, because we've seen him and uh, they've got a, a better idea of who he is at the NHL level. Uh, the one thing I would say, I'm not sure this is the time and I know that there are going to be listeners and texters that disagree with me, but I'm not sure this is the time to give young players an opportunity just to see what they've got. If you think he's going to be an upgrade uh, or a better fit for your opponent, uh, the Flyers, than uh, Jordan Osterley, then play him. 
if you think Osterley gives you a better chance to win the hockey game, play him. Because right now the Flames are on a season-long three-game winning streak. They're finally above 500 for the first time since October 19th. They're a couple of points out of a playoff spot. And I know that there are some fans who are on team tank and want this team to lose. But coaches and players are trying to win hockey games right now, as they should be. So, again, if you think he gives your team uh, a better chance to win tomorrow afternoon, put him in the lineup. If you think Osterley does, I'd stick with him. The one thing that I, I think bears mentioning is that they wouldn't be bringing up Yan Kuznetsov if there was no chance he was playing because you've got a back-to-back matinee situation here, right? It's an afternoon start, yep. actually a morning start for us in Calgary, but it's an afternoon start in Philly. It's an afternoon start in Chicago. There's no practice time on this trip. Yep. So you're not bringing Yan Kuznetsov up just to kind of assimilate him in a, a morning skate. You're not going to have any of those. There's clearly a chance whether that means they're not thrilled with what Jordan Osterley, who was, you know, guilty uh, of a bad play on the only goal they gave up in Minnesota. If that means you're not happy with him, if it means you have another guy who's maybe questionable because of a lingering injury, whatever it is, they would not have Jan Kuznetsov on a plane to Philadelphia today if there wasn't some chance we yep. might see him this weekend. Yep. Agreed. Uh, you, you don't think it's more about uh, them potentially losing someone before or during tomorrow's game? and being down to five defensemen for the final game of the road trip? Well, I, I just don't think because it's an afternoon game tomorrow, and I, I don't think you couldn't get a guy there if you needed. Uh, but they, you got a 1 p.m. start on Sunday as well, so that would uh, be a bit of a time crunch, especially going into Chicago, you know, how, yeah. uh, how tough those airports can be. Well, and, and for sure, it, it might just be insurance, and, and again, maybe you do have a guy who's in addition to Dennis Gilbert, who's not feeling great. But re- regardless of whether he gets in or not, this is, a, this is a guy now who has received a message from the organization that we think you might be ready or close to ready to get your feet wet in the NHL. And, and yeah. if he winds up going back to the Wranglers without having done that solo lap, I still think he takes a confidence boost from knowing exactly that. Yeah. I, uh... 100%. And Wes, I would take that a step further and say that guys getting called up and guys getting an opportunity to play in the NHL this season has sent a message to every single prospect in the Flames organization. And if they didn't think they were going to get that chance the last couple of years, you've got to believe that they do think that if they do things the right way and and play the right way, that sooner or later they are going to get a shot like so many young guys have so far this season. Yeah, and uh, so far every guy that's been recalled has played, so we'll see if uh, if that continues to be the trend with Jan Kuznetsov. If so, I'd be really interested to see him. It's our daily Flames roundtable with Derek Wills, Wes Gilbertson, and Pat Steinberg. Guys, what do we make of the decision uh, to start Dan Vladar against Nashville on Thursday night? I, I personally loved it, and, and when I saw it, I was like, damn right, I, I really like that call, but I'm just curious as to what we thought of that decision. Well, I certainly didn't uh, think those things when I saw him skate into the ice for the warm-up uh, as the first goalie, the first player out for the Flames. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was expecting last night to be another Jacob Markstrom start. He had started six straight, uh, was coming off another really strong performance, and is clearly their number one goaltender. And this is a team that uh, you know, was pushing to get to above 500, uh, pushing to get to within one point of a playoff spot, and uh, I thought they were going to go with their number one guy. One of the reasons why is because I looked at the schedule this weekend and with a back-to-back and a couple of matinee games, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time starts Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern time starts Sunday. I just assumed that uh, the two goaltenders were each going to get a game on the weekend. So I thought, okay, you played on Sunday, didn't play again till Tuesday, didn't play again till Thursday. So Jacob Markstrom had uh, a day between those games. Uh, so I thought they'd go back to him last night, but... Uh, Dan Vladar got the start, and it was his first appearance, let alone start, in almost three weeks. I uh, hadn't played since, I believe, December 19th, was it? And uh, I thought there was a little bit of rust there, but uh, outside of the third goal, which was a weird one, I uh, didn't think he gave up uh, any bad goals. And ultimately, even if uh, y- you thought that third one was one that he should have had, it didn't matter because uh, the Flames won the hockey game by three. So uh, Jacob Markstrom, the coaches have talked a lot about it. They believe that he's at his best when he's well-rested. Uh, as mentioned, he had 
started six straight games, so they get him some extra rest. And I think that that decision, in hindsight, could pay dividends for him and for the team down the road here. I was surprised to see it was Dan Vladar and, you know, certain. So was I for yeah. the record. I, I didn't see it coming. I was surprised when I saw 80 lead him out, too. I just was like, oh, I really like that call when I saw it. I was with you, too. I thought it was going to be Jacob, too. And, and I think, you know, in hindsight now, it, it makes perfect sense. It would have been easy to second guess, right, if it was a 2-2 game after 40 minutes and Dan Vladar blockers that dump in into his own net. We're having a very different conversation if the, yep. the game sort of hinges in that moment. But, you know, Ryan Huska has been hinting at this, hasn't he? He's been warning us that it feels like every time he's asked about Jacob Marstrom and he's always full of compliments for the number one goalie, but he, he talks about how much better he is when he's rested. And, and I'm curious what Ryan Huska thinks the magic number is. Is it two starts a week? Is it a certain number a month? You know, what what makes the most sense for Jacob Markson? Because he has been absolutely dialed, especially since coming back from that fractured finger. And the more Ryan Huska talks about how, I guess, dangerous in a good way Jacob Markstrom is when he's well-rested, the more I wonder if we don't see Dan Vladar or Dustin Wolf a little more often. I, I wonder what the coach thinks for a 33, soon to be 34-year-old Jacob Markstrom is, is sort of the right number. This is, the, the, the reason why I liked it so much is because you've got a coach talking about, we've got a goalie that we believe is much better when he's rested. So rest him and take opportunities to rest him. And this is a tough trip. There's travel. There's You're switching time zones. You've got a back-to-back. So take your opportunities to rest him. Like, this is, this was a, this is a really good time to do that, I thought. Like, I think if, if, there's always that, there's always that, I think, temptation and habit as a year goes along to, well, it's a big game. We got to go with our number one. It's a big game. We got to go with our number one. And I think that becomes more and more valid when you get into the 60s. And now all of a sudden you're playing in February and March, but we're still in January. And you've got a goaltender in Vladar who maybe hasn't been incredible every start, but he's now two games above 500. And so I just think it was a really good message to send and a really good follow through on something. I. I, and I've been talking about this for years, which is why I love it so much. Rest Jacob when you can. You don't just because it, it feels like it's like, oh, that's a Jacob Markstrom start. Maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe you can maybe you can dial it back a little bit so that as opposed to, yeah, you know, Jacob at 90% uh, energy levels is still your number one. Well, why not try to have Jacob at 100% energy levels if it's a week and there are four games and you can get Jacob for 100% energy levels for two games or you can get him for three games at 90%. We'll do the two games. And, and sometimes, especially when you're not right into the nitty-gritty of the season coming down to a wire, you've got that opportunity. So I I, I really applauded that decision last night. I, I was not expecting it, but I give uh, Ryan Huska and co. a lot of credit for doing it. You, you know you know what I'm starting to wonder about? Because we always look at back-to-backs and say, okay, well, you're going to split those among your goalies. But netminders are such creatures of habit. And with a rare back-to-back matinee, you're going to have no morning skate or practice time. Like I, I'm now starting to wonder if it is going to be a split. I wonder if you almost have to play the same goalie on consecutive days because they're the only they're the only guy that faced any shots the day before. And so the more I think about it, I'm curious what the next step is. I, I wonder if we might see Jacob Markstrom in a couple of games this weekend. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Wes. I uh, hadn't thought about that. And uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And, and the Flames do leave uh, their next two opponents guessing about who the starting goaltender is going to be as well. But, you know, Pat, to your point, uh, in hindsight, I applauded the decision as well. But uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, both good and bad. If the Flames lose last night's game, especially with that third goal that Dan Vladar gave up, we're probably having a much different conversation today, aren't we? I don't know. I, I would have still been applauding it, I think. I don't know if I can say that first. But I, I think I would have been applauding the decision. I, I do think if you're going to say you're resting Jacob, 
and rest him. And uh, I the very and you know if they go with him in back to back games, well, that would throw cold water all over my theory. And um, maybe it's a, we are having a different conversation. But I just think if you've got opportunities, pick and choose him. See if you can manage those energy levels. He uh, we we are talking about as Wes just said, we're talking about a guy who's about to turn thirty four, right? Yeah, and I mean, short term, uh, you, you probably want to start Jacob Markstrom every single game. But even if the Flames stay in the playoff race, their thinking can't just be short term. It's got to be long term because they can't clinch a playoff spot tomorrow or next week or even next month. This thing's going to drag out until the hopefully the final week of the regular season because the Flames put themselves so far behind the eight ball. That's uh, just how it's going to be if they're going to stay in the fight for a Western Conference wildcard spot. So, you know, it, I, I do applaud them having uh, more big picture thinking instead of what's probably easier and sometimes, right. and, and that's the, the small picture look at things. So we'll see how it plays out this weekend, but uh, it all worked out for the best on Thursday night. It did indeed. Uh, we'll see what they, uh, we'll see who leads them out on uh, Saturday morning for us back here in Calgary. That'll I'm, I'm guessing that'll be 25, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out as well. We'll see if the we get a solo lap from Yan Kuznetsov too. Uh, we'll watch for all of that when the Flames take on the Flyers for Game Three of this road trip on Saturday. Thank you, Wilsey. We will uh, see you Saturday morning. Okay, have a great weekend, everybody. He is Derek Wills. He is Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg, and that's our Daily Flames Roundtable, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. The fastest-growing segment of vehicles they sell is electric. Informed buyers are coming to see. Uh, perhaps you should discover why minutes from the Calgary airport as we start to wrap things up this hour. Um, yeah, I, I, I am curious that you, I've picked up on the same thing. He said it. You know, we get an opportunity to chat with Ryan on home games. Um, after he finishes his media scrum, he comes into the hot stove lounge and talks with the, the Sportsnet crews, uh, us and, and the, uh, the television crew and, and, you know, he's been talking about that for a little while and he's been mentioning it in scrums. Just like, uh, there's, you know, there's, I, I feel like there's a method here. So I'm, I'm curious to watch this as it continues. Yeah. And you don't want your backup on, on the sort of flip side collecting too much dust either. Right. That's that last night was Dan Vladar's first start since December 16th. And I know there's a holiday break in there, but it's a long time that, you know, that's a, that's a tough situation to put your back up in. And I, I get it's part of the job description, but it's a long time between yep. starts. So if you can sort of keep both guys sharp, if you feel like Jacob's actually sharper when he plays a little bit less, you know that Dan's going to be a little sharper playing a little bit more, kind of achieve both, don't you? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, pal. Uh, he's Wes Gilbertson. I know. Go rest your voice. Hey. Yeah, great week. I, I put in a great week here. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, Wes Gilbertson's on Twitter. Go check out the, that uh, latest. As, uh, get some really good insight from the players inside that room on the first half-ish of Ryan Huska's tenure as head coach of the Flames. It's available uh, in your post-media publications for Wes, uh, for Taylor, and Cam, our producers. That'll wrap up this hour, and this hour has been the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors.